G'day folks, welcome to episode 122 of the Ubuntu Security Podcast. I'm Alex Murray and this week I thought we would take a look at uh, some new developments in the Linux kernel in particular relating to security and some cool new features that have been going on there. So that includes uh, the Landlock LSM as well as core scheduling and I'll get into both of those a little bit later. But first, we will start with our usual roundup of vulnerability fixes in the supported Ubuntu releases from the past week. This past week, the team has rolled in 46 uh, unique CVE fixes. And the first one of those is for RabbitMQ. So a couple CVEs were fixed here going all the way back to our 604 extended security maintenance release and uh, those since. Uh, this is uh, the AMQP server written in Erlang, and uh, it does still have you know bugs in it, even though it is written in you know, a nicer language like Erlang rather than uh, you know C and our other memory unsafe languages. In this case, uh, one of these was uh, well, both of these were denial of service issues. The first one uh, where a client could send uh, large values in the X reason HTTP header. So they could set that with a really large value that then gets cached by the server and you could then cause it to you know, exhaust memory as a result. Uh, the other one was uh, it would fail to properly validate certain requests. It would then end up in an infinite loop. So you'd get a CPU based denial of service as well. So those have both been fixed. After that was an update for Ceph. Seven different CVEs were rolled into this, and this uh, they only affected the more recent version, so that's since 2004 long-term support and the 2010 release. Uh, these included a mix of things like uh, in certain configurations it would log passwords uh, in the clear. Uh, it may also expose user credentials to unprivileged users. Uh, there were a couple different cross-site scripting issues in the Ceph dashboard. Uh, there was also, uh, because it would reuse uh, session keys in particular scenarios, you could then uh, potentially authenticate as another user. And there was also the ability to crash uh, the Rados gateway through malicious GET requests with crafted Swift URLs as well. Again, uh, denial of service based issue there too. Uh, after that, we uh, released the update for Thunderbird. Uh, this is for our 18.04 long-term support release. So I talked about this actually back in last week's episode. This is the latest release of Thunderbird 78.11.0, but yeah, we've now released that as well for 18.04 long-term support. Uh, so yeah, all our uh, Thunderbird users there, you now have the latest version with all the latest fixes, which is great. Again, thanks to uh, the desktop team for cranking that one out. After that, we had some updates for the Linux kernel. So I actually talked about uh, these vulnerabilities again back in last week's episode, uh, but this time uh, we've released these for our uh, KVM-based kernel. So they are intended to be used for, uh, you know, if you're deploying under KVM, so doing virtualization. Uh, in this case, it included uh, fixes for a couple of high priority issues, which were uh, a user after or a bunch of user after freeze in the CAN BCM networking subsystem, as well as an out of bounds write uh, in eBPF, which it could possibly be triggered by uh, unprivileged users. Again, both of those allowing you as an unprivileged user to likely escalate your privileges to root and get root code execution within the kernel. So not great, but yeah, they have been fixed as well for those KVM kernels and basically all the ones in between. Okay, so actually that is it for the week in security updates. So a bit of a shorter one this week. Uh, but I did want to save some time this week to talk about, as I said at the start, some recent developments in the Linux kernel in relation to security. The first one of these is kind of the uh, eventual merging of the landlocked Linux security module. And so this has actually been in the works for a long time, has gone through a huge number of revisions. In fact, 34 different revisions for, of this patch set. 
And uh, the idea of landlock is that uh, it's a way for processors to sandbox themselves. So essentially allows unprivileged sandboxing as opposed to things like say uh, AppArmor or SE Linux. Both of those are designed to be uh, run by system administrators. They do not allow um, processors to define say their own limits themselves. Uh, this is, I guess, a little more similar to SecComp in that nature where you know, unprivileged users can set their own SecComp filters to then further restrict what they could do. The idea of these sorts of things is that when your process starts up, you kind of set your sandbox up yourself and then you go and execute so that obviously if anything happens along the way after that, you are likely protected or at least limited by what damage that could do. And so, uh, as I said, this has gone through a lot of patch revisions to Landlock uh, Linux security module. It originally actually started out as um, a way of attaching BPF programs to LSM hooks. So you can imagine that would be quite flexible given how uh, flexible BPF is. You could then kind of you know, program what uh, logic you wanted to happen in the kernel as a result. But uh, that uh, got knacked uh, basically due to concerns around both uh, the you know, ongoing un use of unprivileged uh, BPF as security issues. Uh, but also, I guess, the complexity of that. And so uh, what uh, Landlock has ended up being is uh, a bunch of, of you know, a low-level API where you actually use some Landlock-specific system calls to create and set up these filters. At the moment, Landlock only supports um, path-based accessing. So you can say, uh, you know, you only want to access paths under a given point. So, you know, the example in uh, the Landlock documentation shows creating filters to only allow reading paths under slash user. And the API to do this is quite expressive. It even allows you to use file descriptors to describe those path components and that kind of thing. So that is quite cool. Uh, but as I say, it is, it's relatively limited at the moment. So that is something that will be interesting to see how that progresses, what other features it gains along the way, you know, whether it can mediate other things like sockets or uh, all, other, all the other sorts of things that we see being mediated by uh, more complete uh, security modules like AppArmor and SE Linux. But also I think the API for it is quite low level at the moment. It reminds me, I guess, of the um, SecComp API. And I wonder, will we see uh, like a libLandlock that uh, allows you to, you know, more do more high-level um, expression, expressions of your policy. You know, if you compare it to something like the AppArmor policy, uh, yeah, you have to kind of do this all quite manually. And so, yeah, I wonder if we will see something a bit more expressive in the future to go along with that. But that is very cool to see. You know, it's always good to see more options available to uh, sandbox your things. Uh, th so the other thing that I wanted to talk about in terms of Linux kernel security is core scheduling. And so you may be thinking uh, scheduling or uh, changes to the scheduler aren't necessarily security related, but this one is. Uh, this really relates back to uh, a lot of the microarchitectural attacks that we saw originating back with Spectre and Meltdown. Uh, further follow-up ones to those, things like um, level one terminal fault, L1TF, uh, weren't actually able to be mitigated properly for um, processes executing on the same uh, hyperthreads or you know, symmetric multiprocessing threads. Uh, because they share too much of the underlying state on those cores. In particular, in of L1TF, they share uh, the level one data cache. And so those two threads can potentially snoop on each other as a result. So what core scheduling does is it allows you to kind of define uh, security domains. And as a result, it will not schedule uh, processes that have different security domains across those different uh, or across the sibling hyperthreads. Uh, basically, the way it works is that you uh, use a PR control type uh, interface to set a tag uh, on your process. It actually, I think, uses C groups underneath and then make sure that things that have different tags don't get scheduled. 
Uh, as a result, there is a slight performance impact by enabling this, even if you don't actually turn it on or you, know, you don't enable it as a result, but processes opt into using it. And so the idea is that in general, most of your processes don't need this. You know, they're all not likely to be snooping on each other. They may be trusted. And so you would you know, have them all uh, running in the same uh, kind of security group. But you can then go and you're for, uh, let's say in the case of virtualization, you've got um, different guests executing on the same host. Uh, you don't want your different untrusted guests to be able to snoop on each other. And so you would put each one of those into its own uh, separate domain. And therefore, in the kernel would make sure that there's no way that, say, one untrusted guest couldn't snoop on the contents of another. So that is pretty cool to see. Uh, that got merged in the 5.14 kernel window, which is, I think, still open at the moment. So we will see that uh, sometime in the future and actually land that got more merged for 5.13 which has just been released so it is cool to see these things happening uh, cool to see new features uh, being merged and i expect in particular that uh, for ubuntu we will probably enable both of those in future kernels uh, at least with uh, lsm stacking uh, that uh, when that comes along and will more fully comes along you should actually be able to enable things like landlock and app armor together which would be kind of cool to have like system-wide policies and then allow processes to further sandbox themselves and similarly for core scheduling i expect uh, that we will be enabling that so that that can be uh, made use of going forward and you can imagine it's the kind of thing that yeah, qmu or others would uh, make good use of all right, so that is it for this week's episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening again for another week. Uh, if you want to get in contact with the team, we are at securityubuntu.com. We do hang out in the Ubuntu, uh, on the Ubuntu security channel on the libero.chat IRC network. Uh, there is a security section on discourse.ubuntu.com if you are already in part of that community, or if you're not, go and check it out. And otherwise, we are at Ubuntu underscore sec on Twitter as well. Okay, so everyone, thanks again. Uh, I will be back again with you next week, and actually I hope to bring you uh, some content from some other members of the Ubuntu security team, so watch out for that. But until then, remember, keep calm, because we've got your back, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.